Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. I'm here with Mr. By Curious, Avi Ishwarapa. Hello. How did I do? Actually, pretty well. I've been trying like for, for the last, I would say, at least two minutes to try and get it right. <laughs> and I, missed, I managed to make it not quite right. So I'm glad that in the uh, go-to-air copy that I did okay. Yeah, I, I, your two minutes were not in vain. So, Arby, Mr. Bike Curious, tell yes. me. You like bikes, obviously. I do, I do. How did this all start? How did you get into bikes? I mean, we've touched it in the other podcast that should yeah. not be named. Right. But uh, no one listens to that podcast anyway. <laughs> so we may as well just go over it here and talk a little bit about how you got into it all. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, yeah, my start in motorcycles uh, is, uh, I owe it to my dad, actually, uh, because he's got this interesting theory that uh, people need to be able to do certain things. And uh, for example, everyone should know how to swim. Everyone should know how to drive a, a manual transmission car, uh, that kind of thing. And, and one of the things on his list was uh, how to ride a motorcycle. Next time, could you bring this list? I'd like to see what else I should need you know to what? know. I actually, that's, that's a fair point. I should probably ask him what is exactly on the list because I've just had to go through it, but I don't know. Maybe he's failed me and, and, forgo- and forgotten something. something. Yeah, exactly. That's entirely possible. I mean, shoeing a horse, is that on there? Riding a horse is. Shoeing a horse is not. See? You might it, be onto something. See, there's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a big list here. I, bet, I bet you there's something that I've, I've failed to do, and I'm probably a bad son now because of it. Uh, well, I'm sure he doesn't think that. Well, he, he should. I'm a terrible son. Well, that is yeah. true, but that's a different story altogether, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, for, yeah, for one of the things on his list was how to ride a motorcycle. And so we were, uh, you know, my, my parents are from India. And uh, so every four years or so when I was young, we would go back home for summer vacations. And I was 12 years old, and uh, we were just, uh, we were in, uh, we were at a relative's uh, home, and my dad basically took out this 50cc automatic scooter uh called a bajaj sunny and uh taught me how to how to ride and i assume in his mind it was basically just going to be okay it's you know it's 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 like riding a bicycle and you know how to balance so just go and and learn what it's like uh and he probably figured after 10 minutes we'd be done but for something i honestly don't know what something just clicked to me and i uh pretty much immediately fell in love with it and so after a few minutes he sort of done his job he was fine but i just kept doing laps and we were just out in these i mean in this village there were just dirt roads basically dodging cows yeah exactly <laughs> yeah dodging cows dodging people dodging big buses and i was just going around doing laps in the neighborhood and uh because 12 is the riding age in india right <laughs> yeah no two is 12 months <laughs> 12 months is the riding age in india and uh and so i was just going around kind of goofing off and and uh that just led to a couple weeks later uh I tried a Honda one or maybe a 100, I think it was. Uh, so that was now okay. Now I'll learn how to uh, shift and use a clutch and, and that kind of thing. And, and by the end of the summer, I uh, just was my uncle let me try his his Royal Enfield Bullet, and uh, it was a I honestly don't even remember if it was a 350cc or a 500cc, but either way, uh, scrawny 12 year old pre teenage me just thought it was the biggest bike in the world. Like I, I thought he, it was an elephant. I thought was my uncle was the king of men for being able to tame this giant beast. Mm-hmm. And, Which he is, naturally. Well, true, of course. And, uh, and yeah, it, it, it just felt so ridiculous to me, which, of course, fast forward something like 10 years or so, uh, when uh, Royal Enfield finally got permission to sell motorcycles in California again, and I got on a Royal Enfield 500, and it just felt like a toy. So never meet your heroes, I guess. But uh, for me, yeah. So it all started back in India, and then uh, at the time, or I grew up in Massachusetts in a, in a 
town called Andover, a suburb of Boston. And so basically in Massachusetts, you can be like 15 and a half or 16 or so and get your motorcycle permit. So as soon as I could, I got my permit. Uh, my dad helped me to buy a, a Kawasaki Ninja 250 as my first bike. And uh, and that's kind of where the madness started, I Which guess. Which is perfect for those nor'easters, right? Yeah, exactly. That's definitely one of those things where I only really rode in the summer, commuting to my internship and things like that. And then when I came out to Los Angeles for undergrad, I couldn't afford to have both a bike and a car. So I just I kept the car around in an attempt to be practical. But as soon as I graduated and got my first job, I bought a just completely beat to shit. I don't, am I allowed to swear here? Well, you already have. Yeah, so, so I mean, well, I get, everyone gets boat, one, right? That boat sailed, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, so completely beat up. Let's go with that. Uh, Yamaha Sika 2. So I bought that for 600 bucks, mm-hmm. And that, was, that just got me right back into it. And then, but then how did you go from the transition to riding the bikes to then deciding, look, you know, I want to start riding about the bikes? Yeah, uh, that was partially, so that was due to a website that we all know and love called Bring a Trailer. Mm -hmm. So back in about 2000, or I mean, they had already been around for at least four years or so. And they had gone from covering fantastic cars to also dabbling uh, with motorcycles and then they spun it off into a website called Throttle Yard, uh, and, and that website was exclusively about motorcycles. Uh, and that didn't last for, for whatever reason. I don't really know what the, the inside story is, but they killed Throttle Yard, and I just I was pretty devastated by it. That was really one of the few websites that I checked every day. Mm-hmm. Even though I was broke, I didn't really have the money to buy anything, but I just a boy can dream, right? You just, you just always pretended to click yeah, and pretended exactly. to guess and say this yeah, is mine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Just, just save pictures as, as wallpapers on, on the computer kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, so when that went away, I kind of whined about it for a little bit. And, uh, after a a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, uh, my girlfriend basically said, look, you either have to do it yourself or you, you stop whining. There's, there's no point. I like your girlfriend. Yeah. She's much smarter than I am. Well, I guess she's not that smart if she's still with me, but (laughs) she's, she is still much smarter than I am. And, uh, and so I, I just kind of took it at face value. At the time, I was getting uh, uh, my MBA part-time at UCLA Anderson, mm-hmm. and uh, I was bored out of my mind in an accounting class. Well, I think it was our first, one of our How first classes. How could you be bored out of your mind? I know. Isn't that crazy? the TPS report. <laughs> okay, you joke about that? I rewatched Office Space today. You did? Yes. And? It's as good as I remember. I mean, there's nothing wrong with filling a fish in your oh office. Oh my god! It was yeah, exactly. I kind of, I, I, it's just one of those things. I watched it years ago, so I knew that I liked it, and I knew some jokes. But just coming, like if you had told me about the fillet, the filling a fish in your desk thing yesterday, I would not remember the reference. But now it's well, crystal just, clear. I just saw the bit where he cuts it down. For yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, the best thing. It's such a such a wonderful movie, and so. Uh, so anyway, and the, the, obviously, damn it, feels good to be a gangster. Yes, a fantastic song. well, and it's funny because it, 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 I don't know, having watched it years ago, knowing it was done by Mike Judge, and then watching Silicon Valley, for example, mm-hmm. he they love to use good hip hop in the end credits. Yep, and uh, you kind of see that you know Mike Judge has probably been doing that for a long time. Well, there and his tour bus series that he just released now. The first season was on about the country oh, west. The second right. season was the funk, which yeah. has been fantastic. Yeah, there you go. Good see? call. Yeah. yeah. All right, you know what's up. I know it tells in the tour bus. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, basically, I was just bored in a in a class. I had my laptop out, and I went, you know what? Let's let's just see what happens. I thought it was a what I really wanted. What I what I thought the takeaway was for me was just going to be how to learn how to build a website. Mm-hmm. 
that I just thought would be a helpful thing to know. Was that on your father's list again? It was not. It, it was should not. be now, it, though. I, nowadays, I think if my yeah, if my dad was was younger, if he had kind of grown up with this stuff, it, it, it would be on his list. Okay. Or learning how to code in in some way, shape, or form without being too much of a stereotype. But uh, I yeah, I just went okay. I'm going to teach myself how to build a website, mm-hmm. and it might as well be something I'm passionate about. So might as well be about motorcycles and. Uh, just the the timing of how I felt with with the disappearance of Throttle Yard, I thought, okay, let me just try to find cool motorcycles for sale, and uh, I, you know, it just kind of grew organically. Lots of word of mouth uh, through a readership that I really, really appreciate, and uh, I got really lucky. Uh, maybe about a year and a year and a half into it, I ended up meeting Jay Leno randomly uh, while I was on a ride out in the Mul- like Mulholland Highway, uh, the Snake, that kind of area. And uh, it just happens to be, I, I mentioned the town of Andover where I grew up. Well, he's from the same town. And mm-hmm. so uh, we just kind of started talking about it. And at the end of the conversation, I mentioned to him that, hey, I have this website. I'd love for you to take a look kind of thing. And so he gave me his email address. And I know you know, we, our conversation continued for a few more minutes, but I don't have any recollection of it because kind of like you and I are looking at each other now, you know, when he, once he told me his email address – all I was doing was just repeating it in my mind over mm-hmm. and over again, so I didn't forget. So I know we talked. Jay uh, Leno for, at AOL. Yeah, exactly. No, he's he's a he's a what is it? I was gonna say GeoCities man, oh, but that'd I, be great. I, I couldn't was. think of anything any other old websites. Yeah, I love my GeoCities website. <laughs> yeah, Netscape. Oh, Netscape, the navigator. The navigator. So good. I would never never use IE. Net, <laughs> That's right. Navigator till I die. There yeah, we go. there you go. And so uh, Jay ended up uh, putting me on a couple episodes of his YouTube show, Jay Leno's Garage, of course, and that uh, that helped tremendously in terms of spreading the word and also adding a lot of legitimacy to to what I was doing. And so uh, after that point, it wasn't just uh, motorcycles for sale; it also became a little bit of uh, motorcycles uh, in terms of you know reviews of motorcycles or reviews of gear and that kind of thing. So I try to find a good balance because I know that most people are on my website to find interesting things uh, for them to buy. Uh, and so I want to make sure I keep that going. But at the same time, it does wear on me a little bit because you just kind of feel like a kid at a candy store that mm-hmm. doesn't get to eat any candy. So you, you see all these wonderful bikes, but you're not actually riding them or, or enjoying them beyond uh, kind of looking at them and dreaming what, it, dreaming what it'd be like to, to own it. So I want to make sure I keep that going because uh, I know that's what people want to see. But I'm, I've also been very fortunate in that companies are uh, giving me motorcycles to do usually stupid things with. Uh, and uh, and and share those stories as well. And so, how did the name come about then? Uh, it's entirely my girlfriend's doing. Again, she's much smarter than me, and it's funny because was there other names in the mix? Probably, but I don't remember them. And uh, what I actually I feel bad for her a little bit because a, a few people have asked her over the years that oh it, it's you named it because of the South Park episode, right? And she had she didn't watch South Park. She had no idea uh, about this one specific episode of South Park. But with that said, I finally made her watch it two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So she appreciates it. She likes the uh, character Butters uh, because she thinks that's, uh, he's cute. And it looks very similar very to you adorable. as well. Oh, yes. You yes. and him, I couldn't tell. If you're standing next to each other, couldn't tell you both Yeah, apart. there you go. I think I should start Photoshopping that in. And uh, and yeah, so it just came, just of course, obviously the idea about being curious about bikes and motorcycles and there's obviously the, the play on words. I have had a couple people come up to me and say, oh, you know, you know your sound, your site kind of sounds like bi-curious. Like, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's the point. Uh, I mean, if if it really offends you that much, then I probably don't want to be friends with you in the first place. Yeah, uh, it's it's just a joke. So uh, so yeah, the, like the name was entirely her idea, and uh, she I think 
I mean, that's pretty much it. I, I feel bad that some people think that she kind of stole it from South Park, but mm-hmm. to be fair, South Park did it first. So what? Do you, <laughs> so no, the Simpsons always the did Simpsons it first. did it first. There you go. Exactly. That's all right. Yeah. And then, so what are some of the uh, adventures that you've had then in regards to these when you've had been offered the opportunities? Oh man. So and then I'm going to ask you a second question, but first, this okay, one. okay. So in general, I mean, the I mean general obviously idea. the latest one is is putting cheese in a piece of pie. <laughs> That's right. Wow, look at you. See, I try good research. Up. Good research. Yeah, the latest thing is putting cheese in a piece of pie. Uh, Yamaha just released their update to the R3, which is currently their best-selling motorcycle. So obviously they have a lot riding uh, on this update, and so they did the U.S. launch uh, down in Oceanside. So I went down for that, and uh, part of the course took us through uh, Julian. So there's the famous Julian Pie Company, and mm-hmm. they sell apple pie. And I've been there before, and my default, I love caramel, so I got some caramel added to my slice years ago when I went there. And someone, I can't remember who, but I think several people told me, hey, you know, they do they do a thing where they put a slice of a thick slice of cheddar cheese on top and I melt it. I think it's it. a Midwest thing. Is it? I don't so know who does. It. These me. people are crazy. I mean, I don't eat cheese. You don't eat cheese at all? No, only on pizza, and that's about the extent of it. Okay, so now you're the crazy person then. Well, that's true. But okay. then my wife laughs because she gets all the extra cheese. See, it's funny. I have that same thing going on with my girlfriend, where she won't eat the cheese. In fact, even on pizza, she'll take she'll actually take the pizza, the cheese off the pizza. Oh, okay. And then now my pizza becomes like a double a double cheese thing, which, which is amazing for me. Yeah. But it's I, I mean, it's just weird. This is I, I thought she was one of. One crazy person. Well, no, we, it sounds like we get on great. Yeah, I guess you guys would, would get along great with your cheeseless pizza, mm-hmm. you you weirdos. That's why John and Vinny's is so good, <laughs> because they do the cheeseless pizza. Oh. Yeah. Where where are they? On Fairfax. Oh, I might have to take her there. Okay. Yeah. So All right. Just, uh, good to know. Just straight tomato, basically. It's tomato pizza. Oh, that sounds horrible. It's but great. all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take her there. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, and so... Uh, Yes. Okay. So basically, when it came down to it, with this with this uh, apple, we ordered a slice of apple pie, and and I told him to put a piece of cheese on it, and I, I did not get the right balance. It, it just <laughs> like you have you have to get the apple pie is so overwhelming, overpowering that you have to get so much cheese in your bite if you want it to uh, to affect the taste. It, it's I I, I kind of get it, I guess. I mean, che- I love cheese, so that helps, and it's almost like a second crust mm-hmm. that's on it but i probably i probably won't. i'm just you know i did it once and, and mm-hmm. that'll be it Damn. yeah so that was the r3 launch but uh that's probably the weirdest part that happened about it it's a it's a good bike uh ignoring the cheese aspect and well, uh, yamaha didn't make you put that on there i'm gonna pretend like they did okay yeah so they said you to ride this bike you need yeah. to eat apple pie with cheese on. well i'm just i mean if if the the launch didn't happen i wouldn't have tried it so i'm gonna pretend like it's yamaha's okay. fault somehow yeah I'm a big fan of just de- deflecting blame. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, to your point about doing weird or, or silly things, I, it's just, I, I know, I, I, when it comes to the, the motorcycle industry, I'm, I'm definitely on the smaller side of things. And so I think if someone just wants to look up a, a, a specific motorcycle and learn exactly what the horsepower or torque figures are, things like that, they're, they're not coming to me. They're going to uh, one mm-hmm. of the bigger sites. So I don't even really bother to, mm-hmm. to rehash those kinds of, Things I think that sometimes you get reviews that are really just, uh, I guess I use the word rehash, but they're basically just doing that with press releases sometimes, mm-hmm. and, and that doesn't really help anyone. So I like to do a little bit, uh, I do things that are sometimes goofy uh, in in recent memory. Uh, uh, you know, on the podcast that shall not be named, uh, we mentioned at one point that my buddy Spurgeon, who works at Revzilla, and I we took 
uh, Euro sidecar and did uh, LA Barcelona sort of Vegas on Which that. Seems very practical. Oh yeah, that was that people. was a great idea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally practical. Yeah, that's right. Uh, re- more recently, uh, just this in November, I, uh, Kawasaki loaned me a H2SXSE, which is a lot of letters uh, to basically say they're supercharged sport touring bike. And uh, I did a challenge with my buddy Nathan May, and we went uh, coast to coast in 50 hours as part of uh, – it's called the IBA or the Iron Butt Association. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are all about safe, long-distance touring challenges. And so to join the organization, you have to do – you basically prove that you did 1,000 miles in 24 hours. And once you do that, you send in paperwork that you have to have receipts from all the gas stations you stopped at, that kind of thing. They're they're pretty good. I mean, they're very good about making sure you ensure that you – uh, prove you did it. And once you do that, now it opens up access to to other rides. So in years past, I've done uh, 1,500 miles in 36 hours, or I've done uh, border to border in 24 hours, going from uh, Canada to Mexico. And so they've got lots of crazy stuff. I mean, they've got things... did that 24 hours account for you to cross the border or just get to the border? Good question. No, that's you have to s- cross both borders. Okay. So I started in Surrey, British Columbia, mm-hmm. and then ended up in, in Tijuana. I actually ended up burning about 15 minutes in Tijuana just trying to find a gas station. Uh, but it, that was uh, you have 24 hours to do that, and I did that ride in 23 hours and 15 minutes, just basically riding down the five the whole time. And uh, so, yeah, they've got all kinds of crazy options. They've got the timed events from uh, going from Key West, Florida to the top of Alaska mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. And that's I've always thought that was just probably a little too much for me, but... For years, uh, I told myself that I, I've always wanted to go coast to coast in in 50 hours, which is one of their challenges. So, I happened to I had to be in Orlando for for uh, for work for my for my day job because uh, bike curious is a part time thing for me. And so I thought that's a good enough excuse to to try it. So I took a few days. You know, Kawasaki gave me the bike, which I obviously appreciate a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, took a few days to ride out to Florida. Saw some friends, saw some of my readers along the way, and got to meet some people. And then uh, Nathan flew in. I had another friend. Uh, so this, this story is already getting more complicated. But basically, in addition to the Kawasaki, that was the feature or the, the center of the story. Uh, Honda provided a Goldwing uh, for us to use as, a, as a, basically a camera bike for Nathan to ride. So I got another friend of mine uh, who's named Mike who works for uh, IXS, a Swiss gear manufacturing company. And he uh, rode the Goldwing out. I basically just asked him if he wanted to do it, and he, he jumped on it pretty quickly. So he rode out to Jacksonville, Florida, left the bike at the airport, and then Nathan flew in, and uh, we all I, mean, I met him at the airport there. And Where did he hide the keys in the back? Yeah, good question. In the left saddlebag. Okay. Uh, because it's, it's a keyless uh, bike, mm-hmm. and so if the bike is near, you can just open up the saddlebags or turn on the bike. So if someone guessed... They could have just could press the. They button. could have just stolen well, the bike, good, I guess. Yeah. yeah, we just had to take that risk. Really, and we figured. But thankfully, it, no one was. Yeah, that ex- smart. yeah. It's, it's, it's a Jacksonville airport. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, one of those uh, security through obscurity kind mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so uh, I met Nathan at the airport, and then got some sleep, and the next morning we we took off. And then, so when you did that ride, yeah, did you use your helmet in Florida or not? Cause I, it's <laughs> yeah, there's a few states on that trip where you can get away without using your helmet. I, uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that, that thinks a helmet should be mandatory. Okay. Uh, I always so, worry about getting hit by something at going at a tremendous speed. Oh, like yeah. Top I mean, of the speed limit. I, mean, oh, I can't imagine it would be uh, nice. No, it's not a pleasant feeling. Uh, sometimes I'll even just ride with my uh, visor open just to get a little fresh air going kind of thing. And, yeah, you'll get a, a bug in the nose or on the cheek or something like that. And, that yeah, it stings. I can only imagine when you get, if you're going through a 
a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, or something gets flicked up from something like a vehicle in front of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're following someone, or whether it's a, I don't know, a car, a truck, or even another bike. If you're going through a little gravel or something like that, those pebbles all get kicked up at you. And then, so aside from obviously doing the riding that about the press bikes, or for example, that you get, or the adventures that you go on, what are some of the more unusual products that you might have had the chance to test or try out? Oh, good question. Um, well, uh, for whatever reason, what comes to mind first is something called NuViz, which is N-U-V-I-Z. Okay. NuViz is made by – oh, now I feel horrible. I can't remember if they're from Sweden or Finland. The Vikings. You say Vikings, it covers Oh, there everyone. we go. Just Scandinavia? Can we yeah. just go with that? Okay. Uh, so from that area, uh, it's a company that has developed a uh, heads-up display module for, uh, for motorcycle helmets. Okay. And so there are a couple of companies, and notably there was Scully, which was kind of a PR disaster and, and, and Kickstarter success and then failure because of some, we'll just say, corruption from the uh, founders. Uh, but NuViz is not, they're more about, hey, we're building a piece of hardware that you can now just mount on your camera as someone would do with a GoPro, for example. Mm-hmm. And they've got, I have to say, it's, to me, it was a really, really good piece of hardware that just needed a few more software tweaks. Uh, I mean, it it was around seven hundred dollars at the time uh, when I tested last year, uh, which is not cheap. And I mean, my first motorcycle was six hundred bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. For it example, it could have been worse. It could have been eight hundred dollars. This is true. You've got to think of the positives. Yeah. You know exactly. Glass, Grass glass is always greener. I like yeah. it. Okay, I like it. But uh, but it, but like I said, it was a really really good piece of hardware. It's definitely easier to tweak software than it is uh, to tweak hardware. So I think they they were on the right path and. Uh, I'll probably. I mean, I still have it sitting in my closet because I kind of. I, I have to admit, I, I put it away. But I'll probably uh, bring it back out and see see how they're doing. That's that's one of the weirder ones. Um, and then there's always like what I really like are just some of the niche companies mm-hmm. that are still are still growing, making stuff work. Uh, my favorite back. My favorite backpack is something I brought here uh, with me. It's made by a company called Velamaki, which is based out of Portland, Oregon, and uh, it's got just a great. I feel bad talking about this on a podcast because I feel like it's a very visual thing. But it's got a very excellent uh, closure mechanism uh, that's magnetic, and uh, it's got a little bit of a pivot to it. It works very well. I, I broke my collarbone in a motorcycle accident, I don't know, nine, nine years ago or so. I got rear-ended. And uh, because of that, sometimes, like back, especially if I have a lot of weight in a backpack, it it can it can hurt my collarbone, but this this backpack that it's got a hinge up near the clavicle and it pivots. Doesn't really matter what kind of bike you're on, what angle you're leaning. I found it to be supremely comfortable. Um, other than that, I mean, probably pretty straightforward stuff. Uh, when it comes to the actual motorcycle side of things, I mean, the uh, the Honda NM4. I thought that was sufficiently weird. Uh, I, I mean, I even think the little bikes are, are weird. The Kawasaki Z125, the Honda Grom, the Honda Monkey. All the ones that I like. All, I mean, they're great. They're, they're so much fun, especially if you have the good fortune to be riding with someone else mm-hmm. that's also on a, a similar bike. I, I think, especially in town and that kind of thing, I think you actually have more fun if you got two people on Groms than you do with two people on, you know, BMW S1000RRs because you can't if you try to use that to anywhere close to their potential in the city you're you break, get the you're speed speeding very quickly yeah exactly so little grom drag races and things like that those packs of people you see riding groms they're they're probably having more fun than you are uh speaking of which actually honda's launching the new super cub uh soon so that'll be i think the first week of february i'm gonna go check that out uh but i really 
I, I liked the Grom a lot. Uh, I thought about buying it as a new motorcycle for my girlfriend to ride. She currently has a 1968 Honda S90, mm-hmm. which looks great, but it's also 50-plus years old. and not Vintage. A, there we go. It's, it's vintage. Quirks, it's got maybe. vintage charm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually, oh, man, this weekend I was on it, and I stood up and broke the left foot peg. Like, it just cracked. It had been sitting in the sun for a little bit. I put it down to your muscular strength in your lower legs is what did it. That's better than my fat in my belly from drinking too much beer, but we'll take it. I mean, it just broke. So now I got to go find a A a 50-year-old part for a, a foot peg. Uh, mount, which and, and that that'll take me a while. So see Jay Leno when he uses three D printer, he can print one out for you. That's a good point, actually. See, that's Easy's a good that. point. You're thinking, yeah. So we'll see. I'll have to. I'll, I'll the call, call in a favor with him. Though, yeah, that's true. Some point. That is one of the nice things. That is one of the nice things about it. But uh, but yeah. So I really like the Grom. My girlfriend kind of thought. My girlfriend has a general opinion about most motorcycle. Uh, let's say styling at this point in time, which is it's usually robot insects. Mm-hmm. And and she can't stand that, which I can completely understand because I'm in a similar boat. So I like the Grom as a thing to ride in town. She liked, she also liked the Grom. For her, it was great to have a bike that had disc brakes and ABS and, oh, wow, a magical button that when you push on it, starts it instead of having to kick the thing over. Mm-hmm. So I can understand her perspective, but she just didn't like the way it looked. So when Honda just released the Monkey, that checked all the boxes Hit for the her. the code right there. Oh, absolutely. So that's that's going to be in our garage pretty soon. But I'm looking forward to comparing that to the new Super Cub, which is, of course, a tribute to – not even a tribute. It's really just an evolution of the of the current Super Cub, the most popular, best-selling motorized vehicle in history by leaps and bounds. Uh, at least at least three, I think. Oh, yeah. it's one. I mean, you take the Beetle. You take the Corolla. You, you add all that. It doesn't doesn't come close. So uh, so it'll be fun to, to try the Super Cub. And I think at the launch, they're going to let us ride one of the originals as well and – I might actually be more excited about that than the new bike, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But then if someone is uh, wanting to learn how to ride a bike, mm. what would you suggest is the best way to try and either go into trying to learn to ride a bike or yeah. what would you suggest is the best way to go about doing that? Okay. So the the formal way, the, the I think the, the, the way that the state of California would recommend that I say is going to one of their MSF courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two hundred dollars ish, and uh, you know the bike is provided. You do a ridden portion first, uh, and then you go for uh, a practical section where you're actually riding around in a parking lot. And uh, you know if you you can you can do your research. You choose your school wisely. Some of them are using bikes from the '80s and they're kind of beat up. And I, one school recently just got a donation from BMW. They've got a fleet of new uh, G310Rs, which is nice. Very nice. Yeah, good to be them. So uh, that is is probably the easiest recommendation and the the side but so there's two benefits to doing that one is if you take that course then when you want to go get your permit or slash get your license you just have to do the written exam you don't have to do the uh riding portion because your your msf class i, I don't know if i said it, it stands for M, uh, motorcycle safety foundation if you take the msf course it, it waives that portion uh, and also a lot of insurance companies will give you a discount on coverage. And I imagine uh, riding a motorcycle might be quite pricey in the insurance part. Yeah, you know what? It's funny. It, if you just, like, if you want to have a good policy, yeah, it can be kind of pricey. But at the same time, I mean, like, just, just liability uh, insurance is uh, is very cheap. I think it just I think it's because insurance companies just figure you're only going to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm, I've, uh, there's been times, I think when I added my girlfriend's bike to my insurance policy, it added $17 uh, for the year. And then... For the year. For the year. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, it's a big one. Yeah, 
my newest bike currently, so I have five bikes right now, my newest, or six now, I guess, and my, my newest bike is a 2007 KTM 450 XC dirt bike, but it's a, it's a dual sport, so it's a dirt bike that has a plate and, and all the things you need to be street legal. And because it's my newest bike, my insurance company, which is Allstate, I guess I hope they don't hear this, but for some reason, the way that they calculate my policy was not on what my most valuable bikes are. I have uh, a couple of BMW street bikes that are a little bit older than that, but definitely worth more. But they just, they, when they came to calculate my policy, they just went, okay, your newest bike is this kind of cheap dirt bike. And so adding that motorcycle cut my insurance policy, you know, 25%. Which is nice. Yeah. It's maths, right? It's something like that, I guess. I'll take it. Um, so that's, okay, that's, I have to admit, I kind of diverged from your original question. So that's one thing is uh, taking the MSF course, which is, which is an easy way to recommend it uh, because it's, it's a really good program. The other thing, though, I would consider, like, one of my biggest regrets about riding motorcycles is that I didn't start riding dirt first. Mm-hmm. I think riding in the dirt makes you a much, much better street rider uh, versus vice versa. That's not really a thing. Uh, so if you're just looking to kind of putt around and learn what it's like to use a clutch and that kind of thing, if you have a friend that has a dirt bike, like, go go ask them to borrow it kind of thing. I, kind of presumptuous, but I also feel like the motorcycling community is very kind and always trying to get new riders into it. And sometimes if people have one dirt bike, they may have more than one as well. Yeah, it's usually the addiction is, is strong. Yeah. Yes, I've, yeah, that's fair. I've seen that. Um, but it's nice because, of course, you're not now you're not in traffic or, or anything like that. It's a lot easier to fall on dirt uh, than it is on, uh, on asphalt. Are there any places around here or in particular in Southern California where you get to go just take a dirt bike out and ride or they yeah. don't, they don't check anything of sorts? Right, right. And there's not enough. You can practice, I guess I should yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I mean, there's not enough, but there are a couple close by. I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking at downtown LA as a starting point, uh, the, the two closest, two easiest ones are probably, uh, Gorman, uh, OHV or off highway, uh, vehicle area and, uh, Rower Flats as well. Those are if you're, I mean, if you're coming from downtown, they're probably they're less than an hour away. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, Gorman especially is really well set up for, for beginners to kind of – you can just goof around uh, in these very flat areas and then uh, go from there. And they have some, some more advanced trails and even a couple of, of difficult ones if you start in the park and then, and then leave out to, to some of the mountains. Uh, I, I, my, if, my default, if someone asked me that question right now, as you, as you have, I would just say go to Gorman. Uh, and, and I guess I should mention that if you don't have a bike or don't have a friend uh, that will let you borrow a bike, at Gorman there's a company that uh, their name is something like Gorman Off-Road Rentals. Mm-hmm. I'm sure a Google search will help you find it exactly. And, and they'll rent – they have a fleet of Honda dirt bikes that you can get on and, and try and, and see if, see if, if uh, two wheels are for you. Or if, it, if you fit on one as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah as well. that's true. Exactly. All right. Well, it's yeah. good to know. Not that I'd ever be allowed to do that, but that's a different that's story. What, that's what I keep hearing. I, unfortunately, I'm not going to try to convince you or, or really convince your wife otherwise, but it does make me a little sad inside. So then if we talk about that and we look to what else have you got going on for the remainder of the year? Oh, wow. I mean, so at this point, we're just talking about straight off for the, you're going for the Super Cup in February. Have you got anything else lined up yeah, or what I else mean, are the plans? You know, it's not, nothing, uh, typically around this time, so this time of year is when, uh, the the companies are are launching motorcycles, so mm-hmm. a lot of this just it will just come up as it as it does uh, as companies launching bikes, and I, I don't know about that too far in advance. Uh, it, rolling in the new year, I did a trip in Costa Rica uh, with my girlfriend. We went two up and rode a BMW R twelve hundred GS uh, for about a week in Costa Rica through a company that uh, called Elephant Moto. I had a great experience with them, uh, and then I mean looking ahead. 
I've got, I mean, I've got a few bikes that I need to review and, and find excuses for trips to do that. But in terms of formal events, I mean, I think really the only other thing I've got planned right now is a trip to uh, Thailand this summer. Okay. With, uh, yeah, with a company called DART. Uh, they're a hybrid, uh, they, they're a dealer, a Ducati dealership in, in Chiang Mai. And uh, they also uh, rent motorcycles and do guided tours and that kind of thing uh, to supplement the business. And so I, the plan right now, it might change, but the plan right now is to go uh, hang out with them for, you know, a week or week and a half. It's not too bad. See. Problem to have oh, yeah, life, life could be worse. Yeah. 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 What about anything on the track? Have you got anything track related then for this year stated or? Oh, I mean, you know what? Because I still want to see you on a speedway bike. I mean, you are the perfect <laughs> size. For a speedway bike. Yeah, you know what? That's uh I wish. Unfortunately not right now. I the track stuff I don't do as often as I as I wish I I did. I mean there's uh a little bit of supermoto stuff coming up and uh including one class with uh, a school called SoCal Supermoto School, uh run by Brian Murray and that's a great great it's one of my favorite things to recommend to people if they want to get some track time and, mm-hmm. and see what it's like. Um Especially because I just prefer the the supermoto riding position to that super sport, fully hunched over, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, later in the year, I'm gonna do a you know I've done this before. It's uh, with a with a group called UMRA, the United Mini Racing Association. Mm-hmm. As you can probably tell, it involves very small bikes, and yep. so and they, you were perf- you were still perfectly sound for a small bike. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish that was true because it can be kind of torture uh, doing this. Uh, we'll do a 24 hour endurance race. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so last year I did it, or I guess I should say two years I did it two years ago. I did it on a, a Honda XR 100, mm-hmm. uh, with some friends that were kind enough to let me join. And, uh, so that's obviously a, a team event then I'm yes, guessing. And how many, is. how many members are in a team? So I think that the minimum they require is four. I want to say, okay, it might be three, but I think it's four. And uh, there's really no maximum. I think that they're fine with you bringing in a bunch of people to let them have the experience. Of course, the, the trade-off is every time you come in to switch riders, you're, you're losing laps. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to be competitive, it, you're probably looking at, at four, uh, four riders, and you're, they're doing anywhere between an hour and two-hour shifts at a time, depending on uh, what kind of bike you're on. So mm-hmm. we were on a Honda XR100, which was actually relatively comfortable, considering uh, some people were on... Uh, and so uh, you know you've had Chris Cannell on the show before. Uh, he did it a, a few years back on a uh, Prilia RS50 chassis. They put some other motor in it, but it was like a, basically a full race bike uh, tuck position. Yeah, to have the two-stroke like wine off the back with the exhaust. <laughs> you know, it was. I'm trying to think. I I can't remember what what motor they they ended up swapping into that. But uh, but yeah, that must have been just brutal. Well, uh, a race bike that. is obviously the most comfortable thing you can get. Oh, of course, of right. course. And, yeah, and it's, and it's one thing when it's sized for a human, and then it's another thing when it's sized for a, a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's that event might be some of the most fun I've, I've ever had on a motorcycle. And when is that happening then? Uh, it'll be uh, October or November. Okay. Uh, around that time. It's out in uh, Apple Valley, California, at a track called uh, either Grange or Grange, depending on mm-hmm. who you're talking to. Uh, but it's basically a, a go kart track that they uh, that they can re- that you rent out. Uh, I, I've actually run it out for private events before, and it's a lot of fun. It's just a little ways out of town, so it's yeah, hard. it's a bit of a drive. It is. It's something like I think two and a half, three hours to get to get out there. So it can be tough to convince people to go, but a twenty four hour event is is very much worth it. I mean, and you got a bit of track time there behind you, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And at the time that I did it two years ago, I also had a like a Polaris slingshot. 
Which is the best vehicle to spend <laughs> highway miles in. Yeah, oh, God, that was... And then when you regret do it, that. why would you need to wear a helmet at Polaris Slingshot, right? Well, that's a thing. So, technically, in the state of California, it is a motorcycle. And because it is a motorcycle, you are legally required to wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, plenty of uh, you, you'll see them around and is, people. So that's because though it's got the van that drives it, obviously that makes the motorcycle as opposed to having an actual engine in there, like uh, the Vanderhall. Correct? Is that what I'm assuming it is? Oh no, no, rather, I mean the Vanderhall is classified as a motorcycle as well. I thought it wasn't here in California, and you didn't you needed to have a you didn't need to have a motorcycle license. You could drive with a normal license. You just had to wear a helmet. Oh, oh, okay. So, so that's an interesting point. I think there is. So, I, I think they might both be qualified technically as what, what uh, they call it auto cycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a term. You're right because I was just in a. I just did a Vanderhall Speedster, Vanderhall yeah. Venice Speedster ride, I which is say. a great vehicle. I've also had the chance to get you know, behind it. Yeah, you know what's funny? I th- just on paper the slingshot sounds like it would be the three wheeler for me. It's re- it's rear wheel drive. Mm-hmm. It's a stick shift. Um, Versus the Vanderhall, which is front-wheel drive with an automatic, and you have to, if you want, you can pay extra to get an optional like bump shifter on the left side. But if you don't pay for that, I mean, it's just it's just a straight auto. But well, there's a engine from a Fiat 500. Would win what the Vanderhall? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think it was the because the slingshot uses a two-liter GM mm-hmm. uh, Ecotec motor. Yeah. And then yes, and then you said there's the, so there's the Vanderhall motor, and. Uh, I actually had a much better time in the Vanderhall. Well, I enjoyed my time in both of them. I'll say that. Yeah, I really enjoyed the the ability to maybe slide a little bit in oh, the gosh. slingshot with yes. that big back wheel that's yes. all the driving through. Yeah. But uh, the Vanderhall, the way it can pull you through the corners, I yeah. like the front wheel drive. Yeah. I mean, it's good. But I'm really, really looking forward to the electric Vanderhall coming through. Yeah. That's the one that I'm really excited what about. What are they What are they calling that one again? Do you remember? Uh, Edison, I think. Thank it is. you. That's correct. I yes, think it is from that's memory. right. Yeah, and I'm really, really looking forward to giving that a go. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't think of anything better than that. Yeah, yeah. I, that that a vehicle makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've done. It a, also makes a lot of noise. The popping, the wheezing, the yes. <laughs> it sounds so good. Yeah, that blow off sound is is fantastic with that with that. Especially the automatic vehicle. when you know trade you just like any randomly at any time. <laughs> it's like oh, I'm just gonna do it, make noises. Right. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things where like the slingshot, like uh, the slingshot, it's it's almost too easy to break the rear wheel and, and yes. lose if 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 you uh, want to play that game, and uh, and I I just you know it goes yeah, back it looks to like the, a it goes back to the robot insect thing mm-hmm. exactly it's just but the versus the Vanderhall I think looks a lot better my favorite uh, three wheeler that I've tried with the with the caveat that I've not yet tried the new Can Am Riker which I've heard some pretty good things about I I'll, I'll I really should just say. I really prefer two wheelers over three wheelers, but nothing we're just, wrong with that. We're just in this we're just in this place right now, so we might as well uh, talk about it. Sure. Um, but my favorite three wheeler is actually the Morgan three wheeler. Yeah, so I'd really, really like to give that a go, and I'm really yeah. upset they didn't go through with the Morgan, the electric one. Yeah, because that looks so good. Right. Agreed. But then Agreed. again, I'd be absolutely terrified to drive a vintage Morgan. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Because I've got no idea what anything does on that steering wheel. That right. They give you. Yeah, that's true. It's like it's a yeah. <laughs> that's what my dad didn't set me for that one I mean did your dad tell you how to drive a Morgan like a 60s Morgan he he did not I think he probably assumed that that wouldn't be relevant yeah and he was correct yeah but uh, technology right yeah exactly but yeah that Morgan three-wheeler it was uh, that was it's so expensive which is a big issue but of all the it's Can-Ams or Slingshots or Vanderhalls whatever the, the Morgan was my favorite. I think if it was my if it came, actually came down to hey you have to spend your own money right now to get one, mm-hmm. I think the Vanderhall would 
would be in my garage then. Yeah. Would right. it be the two-seater or the single-seater then? It'd have to be the two-seater. I mean, yeah, so nice. I, I've only ridden the single-seater, the Speedster. I haven't ridden the two-seater version. But – and I I just don't understand it as much as I, as I do understand the two. I, I feel like a vehicle like that, you'd want to be able to bring someone – um, I, I get when I was talking to the representative that, that kind of brought me, that brought me the vehicle and, and was, and let me roll it, that kind of thing. Uh, it was Daniel. Yes. Good guy. Yeah. Uh, and he fits in it. He's so tall. I, yeah, it's true. It's, 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 it's a, it's a roomy, uh, place to be. And it's pretty comfortable. Uh, this, you just, you can't really wear a flat brim baseball hat though. That no. will, that will try to escape. Yeah. Um, but, Jamie Fox could i think because he's got one i think i've seen him driving one. yes he does it's funny you mentioned that because on the ride the drive they what they ended up doing for me i'm sure it was different for other people but what they ended jamie up jamie fox drove you around he's like you no know what? i oh. wish i wish but what they ended up doing was they just uh, so that they can get photography uh they were in a separate car and then i was in the speedster and so we they had a preset route mm-hmm. and went okay go here go here and then when it finished we pulled into someone's uh it was clearly a just just exquisite mansion with a curving driveway, whatever, to a, to a gated entrance. But even from the road to the gated entrance, there was just a lot of room. And so we pulled into this area because so, there was enough room to safely turn around and that kind of thing. And so they said, okay, uh, you know, great, perfect, bye, go have – now you can just go take the vehicle yourself and, and, and uh, figure it out, and we'll come back and meet you. Oh, and by the way, this is Jamie Foxx's house. He happens to be a Vanderhall owner. Yeah. Like it was just, uh, you know – Coincidence that we ended up uh, pulling that area. A proud Van so they can mention as well. A very According proud to his one. Instagram, anyway. Yes, yes, that's correct. So I mean, I I guess uh, Jamie's a, a happy owner there. But uh, yeah, the when it comes to like the one seater, two seater thing, it's I sort of get that. I think what they're what they were kind of telling me was there's uh, this idea that they're actually planning on selling a lot of the one seaters to existing two seater owners. Mm-hmm. As the okay, you know, you know how this, how much fun this can be, but maybe you just want to go by yourself and and kind of have that enclosed experience. To which I would just say, just just don't put someone in the passenger seat, right? I mean, it's kind of a a mean thing to say. I'm glad they're expanding. That that's only that's a good thing for them. But yeah, I mean, if I was going to buy one, it would have to be a a two seater so that a friend could could come along and, and share that experience i mean There's i like no the look aesthetically oh the, yeah the it's gorgeous yeah. yeah having that just smooth body work that goes mm-hmm. over the front what i really what i asked them and i understand they said no i asked them if you know would you sell just sort of that piece so that a two-seater owner could cover the you know almost like a tanu cover or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and cover the passenger seat and they said no it's uh, you know we want to kind of keep it separate and keep it exclusive which makes sense from a marketing standpoint but as a as if I owned a two seater vehicle, I, I'd probably be pretty disappointed with that. I think. Uh, I don't know. I think it's it's. I think if you're gonna get one, you're gonna get it. So if you wanted a speedster, I think. It would. But then again, yeah. I mean, they're talking about wanting to get the the regular one and then getting the speedster and then maybe getting the uh, electric one too. Right. Yeah. So I mean, if you've got a suite of Vanderhall Roadsters, it's a good. It's mean. I mean, I guess. I mean, if you so if you had one, could you imagine owning one? Well, I've driven one. I had one for a week. Right. Right. Okay. So let's. So, but if let, let's say you own one. Would you consider getting a slightly well, like, different version of, uh, of same, the same said vehicle? I think I'd probably get the electric one. I'd just keep the, the one single electric one. I don't know if I need really? to have two. Okay. I don't know if I need to have two. I'd just have one, and I'd want the electric one. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense to me. Like, I, I've seen a lot of like, – I've had the – I've just been very fortunate, I guess, to meet a lot of my uh, readers and, and see their collections and, and that kind of thing. And uh, most of the collections make a lot of sense, but every once in a while you, you get someone that's just – here's – 
uh, every different version of this one Honda SL350. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, that I'd like to have a Grom in my collection. Right, right. Yeah, I'd probably want to be get like a girlfriend and get a monkey bike and then yeah. have a whole lot of small 125cc or less bikes <laughs> yeah. in my collection but that's probably about it okay okay well heck i mean hey we're, when when it comes to this endurance racing thing we're going to be on a small bike so if you want to come join us you'll as, have to look as long as you can talk to the wife <laughs> if she lets if she, if she signs off on that but okay but, so if we go on to you and your website then if people are wanting to try and track you down or find you yeah what's the best place to do that uh, well, it would probably be the website directly. I'm not as I'm not a huge social media person. Lies. Well, I, I guess I yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I do social media because I feel obligated to because I submit to peer pressure. But mm-hmm. I would much rather that you come find me uh, on my own site instead of uh, whatever I have to do to to make things work on Instagram or Facebook. So with that said, my website is bycurious.com, and that's b i k e, and then a hyphen, and then u r i o u s dot com. Uh, but you can also find me on Facebook and, and Instagram uh, under that same uh, handle or tag. And then is there any of the sponsors that you need to give a shout out to that you've been plugging here that's good? No. No? Just leave no, it there? Yeah. No, I, it's uh, one of the nice things that I've, uh, when it comes to my site versus maybe some of the other, I won't name names, but there's definitely websites that, you know, when it comes to, you need to have advertising or, or, or whatever it might be to uh, to make it work. And I think there's sometimes a maybe a conflict of interest or you're worried that you might say the wrong thing mm-hmm. uh, and upset someone. So for, for me, the income, uh, first of all, like I said, it's a, it's a part-time thing for me. And then uh, the majority of the income that I get from my site isn't really advertising uh, based. It's actually, uh, you know, if I sell a, a motorcycle through eBay, for example, then there's uh, like affiliate uh, links that, that might come or, or someone will advertise directly, directly with me say, Hey, I want to sell a motorcycle uh, and put it on your site. Uh, for more of a direct thing. But so what's nice about that is if I think that something sucks, I don't really mind. Uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, I guess with that said, I have had one company that has been uh, nice to me and supported me from the beginning. The first company that kind of took me seriously, and that's Aerostitch, mm-hmm. uh, based out of uh, Minnesota. And uh, they just make really good, really functional, arguably a little weird looking uh, protective gear. But you're not going on a catwalk most of the time when you wear it, right? No, no, thankfully. Or a runway, I should say. Or a say. runway, yeah, yeah. But it, and it's just it's one of those things where, like, right, if you told me right now, hey, you got to go in really inclement weather and you're going to be riding in that inclement weather for a long time, the the Aerostitch one piece roadcrafter suit would it would just be no question that that's that's what I would uh, put myself in. So, uh, yeah, that's that's the. But also, then, what about worth. some of those fantastic people that have hosted you? Of your fans, I would say. Do you need ah. to shout out any of your fans? Oh, man. See, what scares me is if I mention a few of them and forget someone forget. else. Oh, my God. There'll be so much hate. It'll come know. back into you tenfold. I know. I mean, I've only got two. Is, it a, got... is it a cop-out to just say all of them? That feels no. like a huge, that feels like a huge cop-out. No, because I can just say Radar Magday for me and Cranky Mouth. They were my two big <laughs> followers. Apart from my parents, of yeah, course, yeah, the yeah. wife. But then, yeah. they're my two. Yeah, that just... I'm. Oh, God. What about the latest ones that have helped you out? How about that? The latest fans? Yeah, that have maybe posted you or have hung out with you for a beer. Ooh. Well, I'll tell you what. what I'm, I'll, I'll just say that there, I'm going to be meeting several of them this week. Ooh. Well, I, I guess I don't know how... This will go out very soon. So when are you meeting them? Oh, impressive. Uh, this weekend. Well, there you go. So it'll be out before then. 
Wow. See? Kudos, kudos to you. Just That's... because you all came here, Abby, I wanted to say, look, it's going to go out. This is on recording okay. on Monday, going yes. out Wednesday. This is Monday night. This is Martin Luther King weekend. Mm-hmm. It'll be out Wednesday. That's, that's excellent turnarounds. Okay, so in a, f- a few days after this comes out, uh, I'll be at the uh, Mecham Motorcycle Auctions in Las Vegas, the biggest motorcycle auction uh, in the U.S. And uh, th- I think they're selling something like, oh, gosh. And I how many are you coming home with? This should be the most I, important thing. Zero. Zero. Are you I pro- positive? I, yes, and I probably—it's pr- probably a little harsh of me to say I'm—I'm I'm a cheapskate. Let me put it okay. this way. So if I'm looking for a bike, I will find it on Craigslist after negotiating with someone for a very long time and probably annoying them a little bit. <laughs> uh, I will not go to Meekum and then, uh, you know, pay the seller's premium. No, I don't, or, I'm sorry, more, buyer's premium. More importantly, I want to know what your Craigslist selling tips are now before we sign off. Craigslist selling tips? No, buying tips. I should say buying tips. Oh well. <laughs> be annoying. Be be annoying. Yeah, be annoying. Low ball. No, do all the things that you don't want a uh, buyer to do to you. No, I mean it's just one of those things. I, what's I feel like what's more important is sellers' tips because, God, especially on platforms like eBay and Craigslist, it's you just have people that ask for. Well, now I'm just generalizing, but oftentimes you'll see these listings where people want a lot of money for a very impressive bike, but they can't be bothered to take more than two photos, mm-hmm. and then the photos don't even show the whole motorcycle or don't show the details you want to see. And uh, and that's tough. And, and you know, having bought and sold motorcycles on pretty much all the platforms out there, um, I, you know, it, it can be uh, tough when you have to deal with flakes and things like that. And I think why, that's why uh, people like Bring a Trailer have had so much success, mm-hmm. uh, b- having been able to, to screen a lot of that out. And I, I think one of the things that they've done that's just been so impressive is the community that they've built. I think it's not to say that the writers there don't do a good job. They they do when you know when they uh, get a listing in and they describe it and they and they do a good job doing that. But like really, I'm there more for uh, the the commenter base mm-hmm. and the. It's just always so fascinating to me to see uh, when an obscure vehicle goes up for sale and then someone has. Uh, a life's worth of stories when they had a similar vehicle themselves and, and the things they kind of share, it just makes the whole experience better for everyone. Uh, so that doesn't answer your question at all. Uh, when it comes to buying on, on Craigslist, I just, it, it really all just boils down to how much you want that, that vehicle. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so my experience, when it comes to motorcycles there, it's very rare when there's one specific model, I feel like I have to have, and it's more, I just want to try something new. So I have no problem uh, looking on Craigslist, seeing what's been out there for 29 days, uh, just sitting either because someone's had an unrealistic asking price or, or whatever it might be, and then just coming to them and saying, hey, look, I'll give you this, and you don't have to be upset if... They say if, no. If, yeah. yeah, you just can't take it personally. Yeah. Your bike's 25000 I'll give you 500 Don't be upset. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not that bad, thankfully. Right. But, uh, you're going to save it 350 Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, Avi, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for jumping in at short notice, and I hope you yeah, have a wonderful time this weekend. It's going to go out before then. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I will. It'll be. Uh, I'll see a lot of good, a lot of old friends, a lot of good friends, and I'm, I know I'm going to meet some new people too. Yeah, and then everyone go check out his website and his Instagram. He says he's not very often on his Instagram or his Facebook, but he's there all the time. <laughs> Him and Jack, they make it everywhere. And uh, thanks again for listening. And again, anyone, if you want to find us, find us at No Breaking on Instagram and Facebook or nobreaking.com to find all about everything else. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye.